Blog Talk Radio. I'm assuming that we are live and on air. I had a call that interrupted everything. So, everybody, welcome in to Loretta McNary Live. I'm so excited that you all have chosen to spend some time with Michael Farmer and I today. Okay, Michael, are you there? Did you hear anything I said? <laughs> no, I heard the first 30 seconds and then it went blank again. I don't know what happened, but everybody, welcome in to Loretta McNary Live. I apologize for the technical difficulties I'm having with my phone this morning and calls are clicking in and for some reason is clicking over. So I want to welcome you to Loretta McNary Live presents Tuesdays with Michael Farmer. He is our spiritual personal coach and he is on the line and ready to discuss our new topic that we started last Tuesday. So I'm going to ask Michael to um, first give us a recap of what we introduced last week and then we'll go from there with a a real live conversation about um, finances from a spiritual perspective and managing and all those words that people don't like to hear, which means budgeting and accounting. (laughs) But Michael has a new spin on it that will um, help you realize the importance and value of maintaining and building a household budget. All right, Michael, you're up. Okay, how is it going this morning, Loretta? (laughs) <laughs> With the exception of this little scratchy throat and laryngitis, I'm great. <laughs> well, it's good. Well, I can. Well, today you guys are going to hear so much of me today, so I'm. I try not to bore you to tears with, but um, Loretta still <laughs> can be chiming in from time to time. But we're going to give her voice a little bit of rest today. And you guys are basically half of me today, so you have the the better half. <laughs> because she's because she, she's the best half. So. <laughs> okay, Michael, we didn't see that sense of humor coming from you today. Okay, but we can appreciate it. Definitely love that. Yeah, it's laughed us the heart good like a medicine. So it, it's good to laugh. I, I love to laugh. I'm actually I am a very silly person. Most people don't know that. Um, <laughs> if, if if you were close to me, you would you would see it from time to time. So. I like to have fun. Well, at any rate, we have began this new series on managing your household economy. Now, that that title is intentional because I want to realize that if you have any type of income coming into your possession and if you have any expenses you're spending that money on, well, not to even go that far, if you have any income coming to your possession, then you have an economy. Um. And I say that because the word stewardship or steward and economy are the same words. So that's why we are intentionally using that term that you should be managing your household economy. Now, just for the sake of recap, we have a foundation scripture that we're using for this, and it's in two different versions, and I'm going to read them from both of them, first from the the Living Bible, Proverbs 24, 3 and 4, then I'll be reading it from the King James Version. They both say the same thing, but one version kind of say exactly what I want to say, so that's why I'm using this version. 
So Proverbs 24, 3 through 4 in the Living Bible says, Through wisdom is in house. Uh oh, wrong one. No, follow there. That's King James. Let's go ahead and read King James. He said, Through wisdom is in house build it, or built, as we say now in modern English, we'll say build it. Through wisdom is in house build it, or built, and by understanding it is established. And by knowledge shall the chambers be filled with all precious and pleasant riches. So if you see in there, if you use wisdom, understanding, and knowledge, then you can build your financial house where it is really solid. That's what the word established means, or or it also means to be confirmed. And this also means that it can be filled with precious and pleasant riches. Well, the Living Bible version says any enterprise is built by wise planning, becomes strong through common sense, and profits wonderfully by keeping abreast of the facts. So I'm going to read that again because most people don't have the, the traditional Living Bible. Any enterprise and your household is an enterprise is built by wise planning, it becomes strong through common sense, and it profits wonderfully by keeping abreast of the facts. So that's that's what we that's the foundation for this this segment of Cuses with Michael Farmer, and we want you to begin to build your financial house where it is steady and solid, and that way when the financial storms come, it can stand because you 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 practice some good sound principles. And we've equated those three steps with a budget, which is wise planning, finance, which is profits wonderfully, and then lastly, accounting, which is keeping abreast of the facts. So you have budget, you have finance, and you have accounting. And we're going to deal with all all three of those. And Michael, those I are love, not, Michael, I really yeah. love the way you broke that down and how you made the Bible speak common everyday language. Can you just repeat that one more time? Okay, How back from within the scripture and base it on the um, today's words for financing um, your household economy. Okay, well let's 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 do that again. And I'm I'm reading from the uh, traditional Living Bible. Like this, they're very hard to find in, in this day and time because most people read from the New Living Translation. But the Living Bible version says any enterprise is built by wise planning, and we equate that segment of the scripture with budget because budgeting is simply planning what you are planning on bringing in and also what you're planning on spending out and also what you're planning on saving. That's, those are the three components of budget. It's income, spending, and savings. And we're going to talk about that on down once we get in here. Secondly, it profits wonderfully by keeping – no, I'm sorry, it becomes strong – through common sense. They come strong through common sense. And that's what sometimes you need some just plain old common sense, or some people call it mother wit. And that part is the financing. You you formulate a budget, now you're into the finance part of it. How am I going to finance this budget? And then lastly, it profits wonderfully by keeping abreast of the facts. And that's the accounting part, because that's what accounting does. It 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 tracks what you have brought in, it tracks what you have spent, and then it also gives you an indicator of how much you have left. So that's so that's how those that scripture ties in with just your basic everyday household budget or your household economy. And my our purpose in this segment is to make sure that that house is strong and, and it's this subject is near and dear to my heart because I run into so many people who they don't have an income problem, they basically have a spending problem. And that's normally most people's problems. It's not an income problem, it's a spending problem. Because if you spend more than what you bring in, that's where the problem comes from. And that's where that the thing that we call that, that little nasty animal that we call debt comes in. And, 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 and a lot of people have a lot of schools of thought on debt. Uh, some people like to say good debt and bad debt. Well, debt in itself represents bondage. Now, whether you like good bondage or bad bondages, that is strictly up to you. I don't like bondage at all. 
So oh, debt represents bondage. It means that you it means that you owe someone. And if you owe someone, that means that you are a slave to them. So you're literally in bondage to them. So we're going to talk about the debt part. Probably going to be the last segment that we talk about in this. Now that okay. has recap what we talked about on last week. You have something you need to say, Loretta? Yeah, because again, I got another nugget out of there when you said. So what I heard you say was. Debt is not from a lack of income or an adequate income. Debt is a result of um, your spending habits, a lack of um, being, I guess, disciplined in your spending habits. So it's not a lack of an adequate income or income. It's really a lack of wisdom when it comes to spending. I like that. Yes, and, like and, that. And, and that's true, Loretta. And, and, of course, there are always exceptions to every rule. Of course. Um, you know, if 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 you spend the the basic premise is if you spend more than what you bring in, you you automatically going to be in a deficit. I mean, and that's what and unfortunately that's what our country is accustomed to is operating in that deficit mentality. Well, you don't want your household to operate like that because you can't print money like the government can. <laughs> you can't print money, and that is totally illegal. As a matter of fact, it's going to create another problem for you because now you may have somebody come to put money on the books for you if you do that. So, so you you can't print your own money. Um, so we want you to just use sound financial principles, and and then for whatever situation you find yourself in, there's always a way out. And of course, as we said on last week, everybody's financial situation is just like the fingerprints on their hands. Show me a hundred people, I'll show you people who have a hundred different. Financial situation. So, so, so this. So, I like to deal with the principal part of it. Our principal applies to everyone, and so we can't definitely address any specific uh, situation unless you call in and ask a question. So, if you uh, have a question, feel free to call us and and let that um, and we can answer those questions for you. Uh, what's the number, Loretta? If you want to get back to them right quick. Yeah, the number is three four seven five three nine five seven seven two. Three four seven five three nine five seven seven two. Okay, govern yourself accordingly. Now let's let's get over into the second part of this. Uh, I want to bring forth a a principle that I, I like to use. I, I like to use acronyms and acrostics because it helps people memorize things a whole lot better. And there is a principle that I call the KISS principle. That's K I S S. You know, some people say, think that means to keep it simple, Sam or Sally. I'm not going to use the other word. <laughs> <laughs> but no, but but for the sake of this lesson, it's going to mean knowledge of income, spending, and savings. That is Ooh. the that is the that is the that is the gist of your household economy. Having that a sufficient knowledge of your income, your spending, and your savings. So that is the KISS principle. And I'm going to use the, I'm going to give you a scripture that goes with that. And it comes out of Hosea 4 and 6, and I like to use this all the time. And it says, my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. And then there's a colon there, which is going to describe that phrase. That's what a colon does. It says, because thou hast rejected knowledge, I will also reject thee, that thou shalt be no priest to me. Seeing thou hast forgotten the law of God, I will also forget thy children. And, of course, with most people's spending habits come from their parents for the most part. Your spending habits, you're going to pick them up from your parents. So so you want to make sure you get this right so you can pass down some good, solid principles to your children. And it says that their lack of knowledge is caused by you rejecting knowledge. Knowledge is always going forth about simple, basic finances, but people just re- reject it and choose to, to do things on their own. And he said, in doing so, he said, I'm going to reject you and that you will be no more priest to me than me, that you won't be able to, to minister me in, in the way that you should. And why is that going to happen? He said, because thou hast forgotten the law of thy God, and that's why I'm coming using scriptural scriptural. Uh, principles as a basis of what I'm doing because it's, it's, it's setting forth laws that God has set forth in the earth. Anything, any force or principle in the earth, God has set them forth in the earth. And if you defy those uh, 
principles or you ignore those principles or you break those principles and those laws, then you have to you have suffer the consequences for it. And he said that in doing so, he said, also is going to forget your children. That's who they're for So that's a knowledge of income, spending, and savings. Now, let's, let's begin with the first part of this, and that's a budget. What exactly is a budget? It is not a diet. We talked about that last week. It is not something that's intended to be restricted. A budget is simply a plan of your income, your spending, and whatever you have left over. That's what your budget indicates. It's what you need to live on. It's, it's, a, it's a spending plan. And the best way to do that is to just calculate all of your expenses for the month, just your basic living expenses. And at some point, you're going to have to sit down and write all of these down. You're going to have to sit down and you're going to have to write down what are your basic living expenses. And I mean, not what they are, but what, what is the total amount of your basic living expenses. And those basic living expenses are housing, and that can include your rent or your mortgage, your utilities, Anything that pertains to you keeping a roof over your head, as, as we used to say growing up. Secondly, food. That's the end of that's where you're eating, eating out or whether you're cooking every day. So how, what, how much food does it take you to live on? Transportation. Whether you're using public transportation or you have a car, there's, there's an expense that's involved with that. And we'll talk about some of these categories lately. But in transportation, of course, that includes your for what you're spending for public transportation, or if you're not using public transportation, how much is your car note every month, how much gas, oil, maintenance. And then the next category is going to be insurance. And, of course, insurance, your basic insurance that you need in this country is, of course, health insurance because it's, it's one of the major contributors of people filing bankruptcy is, health, is not having is not having health health insurance or not having adequate health insurance mm-hmm. because medical uh, costs in this country are way out of control, and it all it takes is a major illness and you not have sufficient insurance to cover it, and it pretty much will force you into bankruptcy. Uh, then, of course, there's your car insurance that, that the state of Tennessee, that the state in which we live, requires you to have. I'm watching most states are requiring you to have some type of car insurance as well, and at, at a minimum, having at least liability insurance for which you get somebody else, you have expenses to cover their car. And the last category is going to be clothing. You, yes, you need clothing. Clothes wore out, you outgrow them, uh, so that this should be included in your budget. And so you have to think about, in that budget are your three basic necessities of life, and that is food, clothing, and shelter. you you got to have them to survive, food, clothing, and shelter, and then, of course, we added transportation and insurance. Now, once you have determined, uh, once you have looked at all these categories, you need to determine what is your break-even point. The break-even point is the amount of money that it takes for you to live on. I mean, just basic, like I said, basic living expenses, not, not anything extra, no luxuries. It's basic living expenses. You add all of that up. And you multiply it by 1.3. And the 1.3 actually uh, allows for taxes and also giving. For the income taxes, property taxes, it, these, and these are just rule of thumbs that I'm using. You multiply that total expense amount by 1.3, and that is your basic living expense. Most people ignore the part about taxes. And most people definitely enjoy the part about giving. <laughs> okay, but, I'm going to put that on Facebook, Michael. Tell me that again. You multiply your basic monthly needs. What, what did you just say? How did you say that? Yeah, that, uh, that is so critical in, in creating a budget because then people say, well, why did I go over? Because you didn't budget correctly. You didn't put everything in there. You were still taking money out, but you just weren't you know, being um, acknowledging these other taxes and things that you still have to pay out of that same income. Exactly. And then, and, and like I said, this, and, this, and this actually isn't your budget. You know, actually, I'm going to make a statement that we're going to talk about later. The budget is actually the last thing that you will formulate after you've done everything else. 
you prepare a preliminary budget to kind of give you give you a snapshot of of what your expenses and your income is, but the budget is usually the last thing that you're going to do once you finish everything else. And like I said, those five your five basic living expenses is housing, food, transportation, clothing, and insurance. Make sure you budget for those. Make sure you put those expenses in there. Once you total all those expenses up for the month, multiply that amount by 1.3, and that's going to give you your break-even point. I mean, this is what these are my basic living expenses. What I call your your basic bar your basic bar number <laughs> living expenses. Living expenses. The reason I put giving in there is because. There's a principle that God put in the earth, and it's called seed time and harvest. And he said, and he said, as long as the earth remains, that principle is going to be there. That so principle got to remain as well, right? Exactly. So, so you, so you got to always think about giving because once you set off this cycle of giving, then there's another part called receiving. And once you receive, you start back giving again. And once you start giving again, you start back receiving. So it's a, it's a cycle that God has put in the earth that he is looking for his people to get involved in. So you can nullify the giving part. Giving them, whether you're giving to a church, you're giving to charities, or giving to other people, you have to be a giver. That is a great point for me to just stop you right there because when you say we have to be givers, that is so critical. And sometimes what i found that when I practice that giving principle, even though I may be a little short on regular income, sometimes, and I say this, sometimes as a disclaimer, I will get a check in the mail that I didn't expect and will add to that income to help me to be okay. So having said that, I want to just say thank you to our sponsors for the show today. And we have two that I want to give a shout-out to. One is the Southern Women's Show. It returns to Memphis March 8th through the 12th, 2013. And everyone is invited to join in the fun, jam-packed with cool jewelry and handbags, makeup tips and tricks, delicious gourmet treats and more, besides incredible shopping. And remember what Michael said, stay within your budget. <laughs> you can enjoy runway fashion shows, cooking classes, and informed speakers. Grab your mom, sister, best friend, and spend the day or weekend doing everything you love, and that means shopping. So I want to go ahead and um, do their promo that they have, and then we're going to talk more about that because we want you to shop, but we want you to do it with um, the knowledge that you gain from listening to this program from our spiritual personal coach. So just there, um, give us a moment to pay our bills, and we'll be right back with more. The Southern Women Show is back, and it's time for some serious fun. It's the best shopping extravaganza ever. Find super cute accessories, watch runway fashion shows, meet healthcare experts, and get inspired to renovate your home. Three jam-packed days of cooking demos, great shopping, awesome prizes, and of course, lots of fun. Meet the dreamy Sean Lowe from The Bachelor on Friday. Learn recipes from cookbook author Warren Caterson. Then, cheer on your very own Memphis policemen as they take the stage for charity in the Hometown Heroes Fashion Shows on Friday and Saturday. So, what are you waiting for? Grab your friends and come to the Southern Women's Show, March 8th through the 10th at the Agri Center. Sponsored by WREG News Channel 3, the commercial appeal, and the balancing act on Lifetime. Save big by getting discount tickets at Walgreens or at southernwomenshow.com. All right, I can't wait to be there. And we do have a booth, booth 169 at the Agri Center. So I want you all to stop by, and we'll have some um, promotional items from Chooses uh, with Michael Farmer. We will have something there for you to walk away with so you can have something in your hand when you're listening to the show. Michael will provide those for us. Michael, we do have a caller. I'm not sure if they're just listening or if they want to make a comment because so many amazing nuggets and principles have been talked about that if we just said goodnight right now, this will help people to become better um more savvy financially. So I'm going to see if they're just listening or want to make a call, and we're going to call area code 863-529. Hi, caller. Welcome into Loretta McNary Live. Hey, how are you? I'm wonderful. How are you? I am wonderful. This is Auntie out of Lakeland, Florida, and I am listening in and just soaking it all in and so excited about the nuggets that have come through this call today. 
All right. So what has been your favorite so far? Because I can tell you mine, but I want to hear yours. Say it one more time. I'm I'm not in a good area. I know, and my voice is so scratchy. What has been your favorite nugget so far? We've only been in the show for 25 minutes. What's been your favorite so far? Okay, Michael, uh, her call dropped. She said she was in a bad area, but uh, she's calling from Florida, so um, I'm oh, loving that. Yeah, hopefully she'll call back in, but she you, you heard her. She said she's really loving these nuggets. And for lack of a better word, I kind of put that out on Facebook. I don't – I mean, they're on nuggets. They're like diamonds that you just find, and, you know, they're nuggets. They're not, like, huge, but if you collect them together, they become a huge, like, 10-carat diamond or yes, something like that. So I'm very excited about that. So before we went to our commercial break, and I do have another sponsor that I wanted to give a shout-out to, and that's called Rescue Me. Um, they have one of the most amazing hair products, and this product is used for severe dandruff and itching for alopecia. It's also used for the treatment of psoriasis and eczema skin problems. Using this product also promotes hair growth and thickness. This is also good for bald spots and thinning hair edges for some women that have had They've had 50% hair loss. This hair growth treatment has grown in her back with great results in less than a month. And I've been using the product myself just because it, you don't have dandruff when you use it, and I love it. So that's the Rescue Hair Products, and the website is LetUsRescueYou.com. So we'll give you more information as um, the show progresses. Thank you so much for our sponsors. We'll um, talk about them and, and one more time about 20 more minutes. But getting back to what you were saying, Michael, I'm, you know, I said I, I wasn't going to talk much, but I'm learning so much in what you're saying today. I feel like I can use them today and be better tomorrow. You can, and, and, and that's the key. And when it's all said and done, no, you, you, you have to put, you know, you have to put in use what, what you hear. And as you said, you, when, when you find those nuggets, it kind of reminds me of the uh, of the field. The guy said that he he went out and just did, dug in a field and he found this valuable treasure in this field. And then he went back and sold all that he had to go back and purchase that field. Why? Because it, there was there was hidden treasure in that field that he had discovered. So he was willing to to sell out, so to speak, so he can gain from that field. And that's what you do when you're when you're getting these nuggets. You have to you have to sell out to them. You have to stop the old behavior and start doing a new behavior. And we, we spend, you know, quite a few weeks on, you know, renewing your mind. And this is one area that you really have to renew your mind because the financial area, quite frankly, you know, it it governs just about every area of your life. You're like scripture, as the scripture says, you know, money answers all things. You know, if everything that we have to do in the earth, if you had money to do it, you would do it, right? I mean, you know, because I can think of probably ten things right now. If I had some money <laughs> to do with them, it would it would it would answer every single it would it would answer every single single uh, question that I have right now. So, so don't 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 pretend like you don't need it. You know, you you need money. Money, in in my estimation, is a tool that that God gave us in the earth to get things accomplished and also to bless other people and also to set off the cycle of giving and receiving. Now, with that said, now, now there's a scripture I like to use, which is part of calculating your basic living expenses, and that's found in Luke 14, verse 28 through 29. And it says, For which of you intending to build a tower, sit it not down first and count it the cost, whether he have sufficient to finish it, lest happily, after he had laid the foundation and is not able to finish it, all that behold it began to mock him. So that's that's one of my favorite scriptures in in making sure that before you start, you go on the spending spree, or you you begin any endeavor. You say you say you plan on purchasing a new home. Well, you need to sit down and cal- and and add up all the costs that it's going to cost to you to be in this new home or to build this new home or whatever whatever the process takes. Sit down and count the cost to see where you're going to have sufficient to finish it. Because if if, if it says, well, it's going to take me $1,000 a month to live in this house and my income is only affording me, I can only afford $800 a month, 
Well, don't think that don't gamble and say, well, I can at some point I'm I'm going to run into this two hundred dollars a month mm-hmm. because there's going to be some because you remember you you're going to have more than your mortgage. You don't have your insurance. You have upkeep. So so much stuff goes into it. You have taxes, and that's where people get in trouble is not counting the calls. And I'm just giving you just a simple break-even point to start with. Like I said, about multiplying those basic expenses about 1.3, and that's your basic living expense. So let, let's say it comes out to $1,000 a month, my basic living expenses. That's $1,000 a month. I'm just using round figures here just for just for demonstration. Okay, for the year, that means I need $12,000 a year to live off of. Mm-hmm. Now, if you are working a full-time job, then you need to take that yearly amount, let's say 12000 and you divide that by 2000 and 88. That is the full-time equivalent hours that you use, so you would divide 12000 by 2.1, and that's going to give you the minimum hourly amount that you need to make on a full-time scale to cover your basic living expenses. So I'm, I'm giving you a formula to use. Say you're out looking for a job. Let, let's, let's, just say, let's just say, for instance, you, your your monthly, I mean, say so your yearly basic living expenses come out to $20,000 a year. And let's just say, just for sake of uh, demonstration, say so I divide that by two, by two, 2000 That means I need to make at least $10 an hour just to pay my basic living expenses. Mm-hmm. So say you're just making minimum wage right now. Say that minimum wage is what? Right at what? Seven fifty, eight bucks an hour, somewhere in there. I have no idea. I, I think it is like that because I know I, well, I know President Obama is 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 uh, is 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 lobbying right now to get a raise for nine dollars an hour. So let's say just say for I think it's I think it's right at about eight dollars an hour. So if you okay. take eight, so if you so if you take eight dollars, so you're making a minimum wage eight dollars an hour, and you multiply that by two thousand hours, that's that's sixteen thousand dollars a year. Well, you four thousand dollars short if you need twenty thousand. That means you have to do something to supplement your income, or you have to get a second job. And I can't tell you to cut your basic living expenses because these are your basic living expenses. So this, so this is why we start into basic. We're just at your basic living expenses: housing, food, transportation, clothing, and insurance. And unfortunately, this is the position that most people are in, you know, in, in the country. Is you know they are they start out upside down. Most of us, and some people don't have a job to go to. So it's, it's, it, it gets more and more difficult when these situations right here. So that's why I always encourage people that God is the answer to all of this. You you have to begin. You have to keep that. I don't care how tight it gets. You have to keep that principle of giving and receiving and operation going in your life. Exactly. And I want to um, just add to what you were saying. I did Google what the minimal. Wages for Tennessee is seven dollars and twenty five cents right now as of uh, I think that went into effect last January twenty twelve. And like you said, the President Obama is trying to get that living wage um brought up to nine dollars. Nine dollars. And I get this, yeah, no, yeah, so right now it's seven twenty five. Um which you know <laughs> you gotta work with the about fourteen what's about what, fourteen so that makes right about fourteen thousand five hundred dollars a year. If you're making minimum wage and you're working full time you're gonna be right at the fourteen thousand five hundred dollar mark, and that's yeah, insane. and that's um, what you're not missing any days off work. You can't miss any days off work, no, because you only get paid for so many sick days. So that's right. You but, got sick days. You got vacation. I mean, you're you're paying for two thousand. You're being paid for your two thousand and eighty eight hours. That's the full time equivalent. So right. so so I'm I'm giving you these basic things to look for. That way, if you're out looking for a job, then you're not. If you know I'm needing, you're needing twenty thousand dollars a year to leave to live. 
don't waste a lot of time, you know, getting a job that's making minimum wage. And and that's with all things being equal. I know at the times in which we live now, most people take whatever they can can get now just to just to try to keep their head above water. And 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 I'm not saying that you don't do that. I'm, remember, I'm talking basic principles here. Everybody's situation can be different. So just make sure you remember that during this this segment is that I'm teaching basic financial principles. Everybody's financial situation is going to be different. So think it about that. So it's going to be different. That's for sure. So I did an exercise so with the pink. Uh, so I was going to share this um, an example of doing this budget and how crazy it is until you look at the numbers. With my girls and pink eagles, every year I do, I, I teach them how to budget. And the way I started is I said, just tell me, you know, what kind of house you want to live in? How, how much do you think that house is going to cost? And then I said, well, what kind of car do you want to drive? You know, I'm doing this basic living expense with them, right? Mm -hmm. So, of course, I'm not telling them anything else. Just tell me how much house you want to buy, how much car you want to buy, how often do you, how much, how many clothes will you buy per year, and how much food will you eat, and then calculate. And so they come up with this thing, and you know, of course, they're like 150,000 worth of of stuff, right? And so. And so they're all over the place. They want these massive um, convertible cars. They want these huge homes. And they're only going to be 18 when we, when they, you know, they're 18 when I tell them to do this, to imagine what they're going to do at 18. And so then I say, you're closing the allowance. And so, of course, you know, they want to shop every day. So they add up that number, whatever that is for them. I said, okay, now since you have $150,000 month, I mean, annual budget, you need 150000 Let's see how much money an hour you need to make. So we do that calculation of the two hundred eight, you know, 2,088 hours or whatever it is to tell them how much money they need to make. And I'm like, as an 18-year-old, there's no way ever, never, never are you going to make that kind of money, you know, without any silver spoons, gold spoons, winning the lottery kind of thing. So that's yeah. how I get their attention to really take budgeting really, really serious so they can, you know, get a great education, uh, apply for jobs, and get the skills so that they can make the kind of money eventually. So I kind of start in reverse with them so that this will make more sense to them. So I love and I think that we as adults need to do that with our families and our children more often so that they can become better stewards of what they have and can live within their means while building and accumulating wealth. Yeah, and that's true. Now, uh, now also, there, there's a quick calculation. That way you can kind of, if you do math in your head, then a, a quick way to do that is uh, say you're making, you know, with how much annual income you need, you know, to do this, then you can just take uh, that hourly rate wage, round it up to the nearest whole dollar, and multiply it by two. So that's, for instance, say you're making ten ten seventy five an hour, Round it up to eleven dollars times two. That comes out to I need twenty-two thousand dollars a year. I can make twenty-two thousand dollars a year, which is wage. Well, the actual calculation is twenty-two thousand four hundred forty-six, uh, ten seventy-five times two thousand eighty-eight. So I, I like to give people what I call quick calculation or rules of thumb that they can use right off the bat, because a lot of stuff is going to come into play when you sit down and purchasing insurance, purchasing mm-hmm. cars, purchasing homes, uh, because you you have to go in equipped. When you're going to make these purchases, if not, people are going to people are going to get over on you. So, so, so you know, we're we're going to touch on some of these things so you can learn these quick principles, uh, so you can be effective in having something left over at the end of the month. All right, because those now, basic living expenses don't even include cell phones and, uh, oh no, <laughs> you know, trips no. and entertainment, movies. So you you got to think about that too. When you're, you That's know, true. building this budget. So now, 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 once you have found that annual figure that you say you need to live off of, then from there, you know, this you you now determine how much you're gonna take you to live off of. So now, if if you're making that, then then that's good. But there's another. I'm like to say, I'm gonna say a catch, but there's a, there's another there's another segment to this. Because you you need to set a goal of living off of seventy percent of your net spendable income. Now your net spendable income is 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 your gross salary, and we told you how to calculate that your gross year yearly sal- salary 
times that by 2088, and then you time that gross income by 0.70 or 70%. That's going to show you this is how much money I actually, this is the ideal amount. That's I want to correct that. This is the ideal amount that I need to live off of. And that is 70% of my net spendable income. And your net spendable income is calculated by taking your gross income and deducting taxes, your tithes, and your giving from that. That is how much you have left to spend. Your net spendable income, once again, is is your gross income minus taxes. And I'm talking the income taxes. Oh, wait a minute. Okay. And your Okay, gross income minus your tithe, your taxes and your tithe. Yes, and yeah, that's that's what net spendable income is. Uh, as I say, it a, a quick calculation is just take take your gross income and multiply it by seventy percent. That'll show you what your net spendable income is or multiply by 0. 0.70 if you don't have a per- percent key or if you're doing your calculation on paper. Okay. And if my net spendable income, let's say my net spendable income is $14,000 and I'm already spending... Say I'm spending fifteen thousand dollars a year. Then that means I'm, I'm, I'm on the brink. <laughs> you're not, you're not quite there yet because most people, quite frankly, and and to be perfectly honest, when times get tough, this that's one thing they're going to try to skip out on doing is paying taxes, and giving God it's his tithe back, mm-hmm. and and giving and giving to charities, whether it be churches or and and that's why a lot of charities and churches are suffering right now. Because there's an instinct called self-preservation. <laughs> Most people are going to preserve where they are. It's, it's just a reality. It's, it's, it's what the human mind uh, goes to when times get tough. It looks on preserving itself. And sometimes when you focus on self, things kind of get kind of get off. So, but that, that's a that's a topic for a whole new whole new show. But we we talking about the finances right now. So mm-hmm. you need to set so set a goal. If you're not there, set a goal to live off of 70% of your gross income, which is your net spendable income. So you have to, I mean, that's it's just one of those things that you have to recondition your mind to thinking. That's why, you know, bankruptcies are so high, you know, especially in the city in which we live here in Memphis. I mean, they used to call us the bankruptcy capital of the world at one time mm-hmm. because because bankruptcies were so high. Because And, and, and in, especially in this area where you have, like, like cost of living. And, and to be honest, Memphis still has one of the lowest cost of living of any major city in the United States of America. They, that study came out um I think I saw the news a couple of uh, couple of months ago. So it's still a good place to live as far as far as uh, cost of living. So isn't so these are a lot of things that you have to take into in, into consideration when you're starting to manage your household. Now I'm going to give you some suggested percentages. Now these are just suge- suggested percentages. These are a suggestion. So y'all think about this on your. <laughs> Because these are some suggested spending percentages, and these are only suggestions, and you can kind of see where you are. Uh, okay, your housing, and housing equals your mortgage or rent, any taxes, any utilities, any maintenance. That is your basic housing, and that percentage is 32%. If your current spending exceeds, exceeds 32%, then you probably look at kind of adjusting up and down. The next one is your food, which is 13%, and that's your, that's your basic grocery list. That just doesn't even include eating out. 
your basic groceries. Mm-hmm. Thirteen percent. Transportation, thirteen percent. That includes your payments, any maintenance, and any if you save and save for for replacement of parts or or replacement of vehicle. That's included in, in that amount too. Because some people set aside extra money every month to to get new vehicles. They say they're leasing a vehicle and they know that the next uh, one the, the lease is about to run out. They're going to need say twenty five hundred dollars for the for the down payment to get the new lease. Then this needs to be included in your in your automobile budget, which is thirteen percent. And like I said, these are spending per these are suggested percentage. Clothing five percent, but at a minimum you should be setting aside at least ten dollars a month for every family member, even if even if you're not buying clothing right now. So 5%. And then insurance is 5%. And that includes your life, your health, your home, your car. So 5%. Okay. Wow. So so these are suggested percentages. So, So if you add those once you get those figures added up and say you add them up and you multiply them by 32% and you get that figure, if you see what you're actually spending, then you say so you may want to look at lowering what you're spending <laughs> or, or bringing income. It's, it's only two. It's, it, there, I ain't going to say only two. The two basic options for getting your head above water is to Decrease your expenses or increase your income. And I know wow. that I, I, need to, I, I need, need to let that soak in for about 30 seconds for <laughs> most people. <laughs> and as they're soaking it in, I'm going to play our um, sponsors' um, information again because as they're soaking in their percentages on what they can spend, and of course they know what they can spend at the Southern Women's Show and on the rescue products for their hair and skin care. So I'm going to go ahead and play our promo right now. The Southern Women's Show is back, and it's time for some serious fun. Save $2 by purchasing your ticket here at Walgreens. It's the best shopping extravaganza ever, and you'll find super cute accessories, watch runway fashion shows, and see chefs dish it out on stage. Plus, meet Sean Lowe, the dreamy new bachelor. The Southern Women Show, March 8th through the 10th at the Agri-Center. Don't leave the store before getting your discount tickets here at Walgreens. And I think the really good thing about this conversation and then having Southern Women Show come on after talking about spending is you have to plan for these things. You know, it's not like a, a water pipe bursting. It's not like the car going on the flat and needing a tire, which you can't plan for that it'll happen. But you can kind of say, I want to put some money away just in case. So is that really like a, a, a big piece of budgeting is, planning for those unexpected things or miscellaneous things, Michael? Now, say that again. Is it a good habit to to have, um, you know, like a percentage of money set away for those unexpected emergencies or pleasures? Oh, yeah. You know, oh, like yeah. going to the Southern Women's Show or, yeah, okay. Yes, well, I mean, shopping is like if 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 if, 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 if you're buying, say you're buying clothing, like I said, 5% of that budget should already, already be set aside for clothing anyway. And, you know, it's, it's how you decide to do it, but the basic principle that we're dealing with today is making sure that you're setting aside something every month, at least $10 a month every month for clothing, even if you're not buying any clothing right now. Because some people are going to need them. So, we, you know, our, our bodies fluctuate. Very few people stay exactly the same. Some people are going to lose weight. Some people are going to gain weight. You know, you may may say you say you have a, you know, you're pregnant. You know, you're going to need you know, a new, new clothing then. So, so it's so it's a it's a good idea to make sure that there's always some money included for for clothing. And like I said, right now we're just dealing with the basics. And now if you want to go outside of that and just say do extra shopping, then that could be part of the allowance that you set for yourself. And we're gonna talk about all those once we get beyond the basics uh, today. But right mm-hmm. now we're talking about your basic household management. Cause I, I want you to start. You got to think basic right now because it's, it's a lot of other categories go with this. 
And I want you to, to think about your basic right now. This is what you need to live on basically. And if your income is not meeting your basic needs, then you, I mean, it's, you know, things, things have to change. You know, things have to change. And, and and I can't say what needs to change unless I'm dealing with this person one-on-one. But some things need to change. And as I said once before, it's either you cut some of those expenses or you increase your income. Those are the two basic options. Your your basic options, and there's some others. And because a lot of things when it comes to doing these things are relative, and it's based on who you know who you're dealing with finances. Now, those are your those are your suggested spending percentages. So if you're looking at the thing that you're already kind of over that, then then uh, you need to try to make some adjustments in that area. Now you are asking now how much. Should I be spending now? We we just talked about the net spendable income, and once again, the net spendable income is what is your gross income minus ta- uh, taxes and giving, taxes, tithes, and giving. That's your net spendable income. That's how much you have to spend. An ideal amount that you can truly live on is setting a goal to live on 80 to 90% of that net spendable income. And that's a, and that involves setting aside money for savings and emergencies and because things come up. And okay. we're going to talk about that once we get into the meat of the budget. So set a goal to live on 80 to 90% of your net spendable income. And once again, your net spendable income is it's your gross income minus taxes, and that's predominantly your, it, that includes your income taxes, and giving, which includes tithes and offers. Okay. I got that covered. I, I really like how you wrote down, and you kept saying, these are suggested <laughs> percentages. <laughs> We are not telling you how to run your life and your budget. We're just saying no. these are percentages. And and as I said before, if you uh, if 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 you need assistance in that, then don't don't forget about discipleship international. That's that's what we do. We we set you down. We we do an assessment of your of your overall life. We assess where you are, and not just financially, but overall spiritually. Mentally, emotionally, we do an assessment of where you are in all these areas. And then once you work on the finances, then we, we do all the, we fill out these forms. And I, I kind of ask questions so I can see where you are. And then we formulate a plan from there. So I'm, I'm basically, because it, it is a radio show, I can basically give you principles to go on. Because I don't want to use a whole lot of personal examples because, it, because my example may not match nobody else's example. Yeah, because when because because my my spending personality is, I would say it's kind of like down the middle of the road. I'm not extravagant. I'm not, I'm not, you know, extremely frugal, but I'm kind of like down the middle of the road because there there are certain <laughs> things that I like, and when it's all said and done, people spend money on what they want to spend money on. I always say that you always go spend money on what you want to spend money on. So that's why I'm right. not giving any personal examples with this. So, but, but, and I'm saying set a goal. That's a goal that you need to live on. That way, when tough times uh, hit the earth, then we do this panic mode and set in like it did last time. Because you have something to fall back on. You you, you mm-hmm. set aside, you know, ten, ten to twenty percent of your of your income aside in savings or some type of short term savings and then long term savings. And then now you have something to fall back on. Now I'm going to give you a scripture for this, and it's found in the um, in the New Living Translation of the of Proverbs 21 and 20. I'm asking, I'm asking going to read it from both versions, King James and this is a New, New Living Translation. The King James version of Proverbs chapter 21, verse 20 says, "There is treasure." To be desired and all in the dwelling of the wise, but a foolish man spended it up. Now I'm, I'm just telling you what the Bible says. There is <laughs> treasure 
to be desired and all in the dwelling of the wise, but a foolish man spended it up. Now, I'm going to come down to the English version where you can really understand what it's saying. The New Living Translation says, The wise have wealth and luxury, but fools spend whatever they get. I'm going to read it again. The wise have wealth and luxury. That means they have something left over. But fools spend whatever they get. Now, I'll, I'm not going to judge you. I'm going to let the scripture judge you <laughs> in that area. So you, you you take that word and you say, okay, now, does that apply to me? No, am I on the wise side of this equation or I'm on the foolish side of this equation? Only you can do that. And don't put the blinders on. You know, take the mirror out and look in it. And once you see where you are, then say, okay, this is where I want to be. I don't. I don't want to be classified, you know, as as foolish when it comes to my spending. I want to be classified as those who have wealth and luxury. I know that's right. That's where I want to be. <laughs> so that's why I consider so, but, myself. A- but 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 you have to know where you are. Most people know where they are financially, and that's yeah. usually the, they don't know where they are financially. They pretty much know living paycheck. The paycheck never hand them out. They they don't they hadn't hadn't written down how much of an allowance that they're going to pay themselves, so they can enjoy. Because one of one of the principles that you do is is you know you know once you once you pay paid God, then you pay yourself, and then you pay your creditors, and there and 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 nobody should be neglected in the equation. Right. God, and again, your premises should not be neglected in that equation. So you you have to look at where you are. You have to take that snapshot right now. Where am I? Where am I financially? And what am I willing to do to get to this place where I really want to be? And and remember, I I, I want to keep bringing this up. I'm only I'm talking financial principles. Everybody's actual situation is different. So so take the scriptures. Take the principles, apply them to where you are now, and then you determine where you want to be. And if you need help getting there, then we're here to help you get there. Because it's something that, that, that we practice for, that, that I personally have practiced for years, and that's why I uh, use it. I, I had somebody really accuse me of really bad at one time, just really just, I mean, just dogged me out real bad. and said, man, that guy, all he's doing is teaching frugality. Well, the, well, to be frugal is not a bad term. The word frugal means a wise spender. Frugal doesn't right. mean cheap. Frugal doesn't mean cheap. And 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 I listen to some of, you know, and I and I listen to their examples of how uh, how, how they grew up and how they got to some of the richest people in the world. I read their books and everything, and I normally see that most of them are very frugal or wise spenders. And uh, that's why they see, have. I don't know how that word became a bad word, and the you know, like yeah. But I'm glad that you re- redefined what frugal means because yeah. a lot of people have decided that it means that you're cheap and and you shop here, you don't do quality. But that is not what it no. means. It means that you make wise choices. And again, exactly. I just want to say that that Discipleship International is one of our sponsors, the main sponsor for Loretta McNary Live presents Fuses with Michael Farmer and my um, Loretta McNary Live show, so on other days. And I just want um, people to um, realize that Michael is having this discussion because he has instructed and facilitated so many classes and workshops on debt reduction, financial literacy, and biblical economics. And he used to be a, a tax examiner, supervisor, and budget analyst with Internal Revenue Service. But greater than those things, he has taken these spiritual, biblical principles and applies them to his own life and has made a tremendous and successful uh, impact in his current wealth status today. So he's teaching it from experience and from knowledge and wisdom, so I just wanted to make sure that people knew that. And you can reach Michael um, via his email at gloryapp at aol.com is the email address. And that's glory, G-L-O-R-Y-A as an Apple, P-P, Paul, Paul, at AOL.com. He can answer all your questions. You can set up your own individual, personal, confidential uh, meetings with him to discuss 
uh, one-on-one your financial situation so that he can help you to become more successful and start building your own wealth. And as we stated in shows prior to this one, it's not about how much money you make an hour. It's what you do with that money that you make an hour. Exactly. So, And he can definitely teach you um, how to, you know, live within your means and become frugal in, in a good way. So we thank you all so much for listening. Michael, thank you so much. And don't forget, next Tuesday we will con- we will continue this conversation. And what do you call it, Michael? I like how you said the household kingdom e- economy. What do you no, call uh, it? Yeah, 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 managing your household economy. Your household economy. So we're going to continue that conversation for the next um, two, three, maybe four Tuesdays, depending on. And thank you guys for calling. Thank you all for listening. Thank you for your email and your Facebook responses. Uh, we will see you next Tuesday for more. Loretta McNary Live presents Tuesday with Michael Farmer, our spiritual personal coach. And we'll see you. Have a wonderful day. Bye bye. Bye bye.